BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. It's Friday, December 21st, 2018, and you're listening to Up to Date from Inquiring Minds. I'm Indre Viscontis. And I'm Kishore Hari. Any news catch your eye this week? Yeah, so I first want to play a sound for you and see if you can guess what it is. So what do you think that is? Uh, I mean, it was like a, almost like a chirp, like except higher pitched though i don't know maybe like a young bird does it does it sound sexy to you no (laughs) sorry (laughs) well it does to female hummingbirds (laughs) that's a pretty sexy sound that is the sound of a male hummingbird dive bombing at very very high speeds in a 300 millisecond window which is essentially the blink of an eye so there's this new paper out um, from Nature in Nature Communications from a, a group from Princeton, and they essentially sort of describe this effect, which has, which has been known, um, but this is a, a kind of way of, of, of kind of quantifying and, and figuring out all the details of exactly how these birds do this, because it, it's kind of an amazing feat. So they're called broad-tailed hummingbirds, and that's going to be important in a minute. And what they do is they fly up like 100 feet in the air, and then they swoop down towards a perched female and then climb back up for another dive in, in another direction. So it's like they're, they're, they're performing an air show uh, for their female. And that So the sound- dive bombing is purely just for the optics of it. There's no like uh, anything else except the, the kind of display of it all. Well, the sound, too, which apparently well, is important. That's not a big deal. I mean, they're just probably <laughs> chirping while they're dive bombing. They're not chirping. That sound is actually coming from their wing and tail feathers. How could it be coming from their wing and tail feathers? It's clearly a chirp. Well, I guess because the, the sort of the way that the 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 buzz of the tail feathers changes because of the speed at which the bird is dive bombing, you know, using the Doppler effect. So the same effect as you hear a sound change, you know, when a ambulance drives by you, the pitch, uh, it sounds like the pitch of the the siren is changing. Oh and my so goodness. That's They're making this sound by flying through the air that fast. Yes. It's <laughs> <That is> insane <laughs> because it's like, it's so clearly audible and almost identifiable as a chirp. I mean, it's a little weird, but it yeah. sounded like a bird chirping. Yeah, yeah, no, I know it's it, it, but you know it's not, and uh, and so I, I think it's it's very cool, and I, I, you know, I love hearing about the courtship displays uh, in birds in particular because they're so kind of you know counterintuitive if you think about what the bird needs to do to survive, <laughs> you know, like the peacock tail feathers is a great example, and you know just this kind of like this is something that easily could kill the bird. <laughs> If he kind of mistook his dive and, you know, hit a branch or something like that. Uh, But 
the but you know it, it seems to uh, signal that they have uh, they're very fit and of course that's what the females are looking for i guess it's just reinforcing all the silly things we do for love yes absolutely In 2013, Amy Arrett founded Madison Reed, and she named it after her daughter. Her company is on a mission to revolutionize the way women color their hair. You see, for decades, women have had really two options. They could color their hair at home in an outdated way, or they could spend the money and time it takes to do it in a salon. Amy created Madison Reed because she believes that women deserve better than the status quo. Madison Reed is reinventing the way women color their hair by offering the quality of salon color with the convenience and affordability of at-home hair color and an ammonia-free formula with ingredients that you can feel good about. You'll look like you just came from a salon, but the reality is is that you had more me time to do what you really love, like spend time with your family during the holidays. Experience beautiful, multidimensional hair color made in Italy, delivered to your door on your schedule for under $25. Join the hundreds of thousands of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed. Find your perfect shade at madison-reed.com. Madison Reed would like to give our Inquiring Minds listeners 10% off plus free shipping on their first color kit with promo code MINDS. That's code M-I-N-D-S. So what caught your eye this week? So about 125,000 years ago... Uh, The earth was a slightly different place. It was just about as warm as it is today uh, in this period that's called like the Emian period. But water levels were much higher. And by much higher, I mean six to nine meters higher, which is confounding to a lot of climate scientists right now because they're like how 125,000 years ago is not that long ago in sort of the geologic history of this planet. How could in that short period of time we see such a massive shift in water levels because, you know, sort of our our sort of land formations aren't dramatically different between now and then. And so they've been trying to solve this mystery because it could point to what could lead to dramatic rise in sea levels under similar conditions that are happening now under global warming. Any guesses? Well, is it something to do with glacial ice somewhere in the Antarctic or the Arctic? Yeah. So this is the original thought is like there must have been an ice sheet that collapsed. And uh, a number of researchers have been focusing on Greenland uh, and and drilling down into the sediment to find fingerprints of this sort of like elevated water level, looking for particular isotopes from that time period uh, that showed like that this ice might have like grinded in a certain pattern that sort of indicates like maybe a shelf broke off. But back in 2011, a team led by Anders Carlson, who's a climate scientist at Oregon State, basically exonerated Greenland and said, uh, there's just no evidence that we're finding that there's an ice sheet here that fell down. So they did what you suggested. They Mm -hmm. went to the Antarctic. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, at the AGU conference uh, just last week, they announced they have found those fingerprints. And it's a little scarier than we hope because those fingerprints are related to the western shelf of the Antarctic ice sheet. And Uh why that's relevant is there is a giant crack in the western Antarctic ice sheet right now. And so they're not uh, making this direct link that if that shelf breaks, sea level is going to rise six to nine meters. There's actually different predictions on how much it would rise as that sheet continues to sort of break off. 
uh, and it's closer to more like, you know, you know, on the high end, like two meters. But the idea that there's some other effects maybe at play here when that shelf breaks off that we need to understand a lot more that in our recent geologic history led to a pretty dramatic rise in sea levels. And by the way, six to nine meter rise means like most coastal cities are going to have a majority of their city underwater. I mean, that's yeah. just what that would be. It would be catastrophic beyond catastrophic. I mean, there's there. this is the, uh, the topic of the cover uh, of Wired magazine, right? I haven't actually read the article yet. I was kind of skimmed over it, but it, they were talking about this ice sheet in Antarctica and how, you know, the, the fact that it's going to, that, you know, they're predicting that it's going to crack off any time now. Yeah, it's sort of in this weird stage because like, you know, we, we tend to think of a, a crack in the ice as sort of propagating and it'll eventually break. But because there's this constant freeze and thaw cycle that's happening as this crack is sort of growing, like timing when it's going to break is really hard to sort of figure out. And it's not just probably going to be one break. There's multiple fissures. It's almost like earthquake faults kind of going through this. And as the ice is melting and rivers are flowing down through this crack to the water, that's creating different sort of um, uh, effects in terms of how it's melting. And then as the the temperature of the ocean near the, near there goes down because of this really cold water that's melting going to the ocean, which dilutes the salt content. You can start to see how complicated this uh, series of situations is. So it's hard to nail down an exact time this is going to break, but we're we're well on the path to this. I think what what is sort of interesting about this study from Carlson and 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 his colleagues is that this gives a a picture less of just like a a sheet of ice just breaking off, falling in the water, and the water rising, as we'd see in an ice cube in water. They look at it as much more of not just a break, but the ice actually eroding against the against itself and against the land that causes this break. And they're looking at that sort of isotope record from that period to understand some of the, the physics of that breaking as well. Uh, and I think hopefully that'll lead us to some understanding of what's happening right now. Now, that might not be the best holiday message I've ever left our listeners with, but I actually think there's incredibly fascinating work happening in Antarctica right now. And there's some really great blogs uh, directly from the mouths of scientists who are in the field in that area that write on a weekly basis about what they're seeing that I think are, are really eye-opening and, and really raw in terms of their storytelling. And our friend Ariel was just there. Did you yeah, know Ariel Waldman, who's been on the show was just in Antarctica for what, like two months or so, a mm -hmm. uh, pretty good amount of time. And um, she spent a lot of time in the, in the station down there embedded with a number of scientists. I can't wait to hear all those stories. Yeah. I think the one, the one thing that just struck me by in my quick kind of skimming of the wired article is that just that we're the sheer size of things that we're talking about. I mean, I always think of like Antarctica as kind of like maybe the size of, Oh, I don't know, like Australia. It's like clearly still pretty big. I haven't, but no, but I haven't like looked at a globe recently because they were saying that this one part that they're kind of really focusing on and that is in danger is the size of Florida. And when you look at it on the map, it's like a tiny part of Antarctica. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple different shelves that are breaking off, and the Larsen C, as in letter C shelf that's breaking off, is about the size of Delaware. And the, but then it's part of a larger sheet that's like closer to the size of Florida, as you're indicating, that's also under under sort of duress and cracking. So we'll probably see like many little 
islands break off um, as opposed to one large break from what I what I've read. But uh, who knows? This is sort of a stay tuned moment. That's it for up to date this week. Uh, coming up on Monday, I had the pleasure of talking to a Canadian astronaut, Dave Williams, who was a kind of hero of mine growing up. So that interview will will be ready for you on Christmas Eve if you celebrate it and if you don't. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America.